For the majority of us, romantic rejection is nothing to end a life over. Most of us take time to heal, some choosing to spend more time with family and friends, while others prefer the solace of solitude. Then, we ultimately move on with our lives. That was unfortunately not the case, though, for a young, aspiring horrorcore rapper from California who had struck up an online relationship with a teen girl from Farmville, Virginia, and when she decided to close the chapter on their almost one-year relationship, he took it to the extreme, ultimately leading to a quadruple homicide. This is the case of the Farmville murders, Discussions of multiple barbaric bludgeonings with the use of a hammer and maul axe will be discussed. Listener discretion is strongly advised. His nickname was Psycho Sam. He goes by Richard Alden Samuel McCroskey. He brutally murdered a family of four in Farmville, Virginia with a split maul axe over his girlfriend posting something over Facebook, I believe. He went down there while they were sleeping, murdered them. Slept with the bodies in the house for almost a week before the authorities were notified by the smell from the house. The world of ritualistic child abuse. They would sacrifice animals. Does it make you want to hate murder, or does it make you want to do murder? Let's explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. Welcome back to Rogue Darkness the podcast that uncovers how the misinterpretations and misinformation surrounding witchcraft, the occult, and other beliefs have led many to do unthinkable crimes. From ritualistic killings and the demons that live in all of us, to exploration of the macabre and delving deep into the unknown, let's explore the darkness of mankind one crime at a time. I'm your host of The Grim and Gruesome, Raven. Let's go rogue and get right into today's chilling crime. The disturbing case of the Farmville murders, where a troubled young man refused to accept rejection from the girl he presumably loved, leading him to make several rash decisions and ultimately committing a quadruple homicide. So now, let's start off from the very beginning. I'm so excited to go to this concert. I can't wait to see you. It's going to be so badass. I know, me too. I'm surprised my parents agreed to let us go. It'll be good to spend some time with you. We definitely have a lot to talk about. Alright, signing off for the night. I gotta go work on some new lines. Not Emma. Born on December 26, 1988, Richard Alden Samuel McCroskey III grew up alongside his sister Sarah and their parents in Hayward, California. The family ultimately ended up moving to Castro Valley, where they decided to settle down and make their home. Sources say that Richard was oftentimes bullied and picked on in school because of his weight and his red hair, the teasing getting progressively worse as he entered high school. Richard was viewed as the mild-mannered and kind person who would try to avoid conflict and would generally never retaliate against his bullies, even when it got out of hand. His passive and kind demeanor was taken advantage of, and would unfortunately lead to him bottling up his emotions, ultimately turning to music as an outlet for him to express his hurt with the world around him. Going by the stage name Psycho Sam, Richard delved deep into the horrorcore music scene, writing his own songs and loving the combination of rap-style music with the macabre darkness of horror and gore. Flooding his MySpace page with songs he had written that included grim lyrics about violence, death, 
body mutilation and murder, that was just the beginning of the darkness that would ultimately unfold. The 20-year-old McCroskey is known as Psycho Sam in the horrorcore rap world. He recently started rapping, immersing himself deeper into the genre, which glorifies violence through death, killing, and mutilation. Denise Hurd is an associate professor at UC's School of Public Health. To call him an aspiring rapper is an overstatement. He was a fan for many years. She says the violent images McCroskey's music and MySpace account held gave him power and fueled his obsession. Life struggles would continue to plague Richard, especially around April of 2009, when his father and mother split, his father asking his mother to move out of their home, breaking up their family unit. Despite the troubles he faced growing up and the heartbreaking separation of his family, Richard found some happiness and comfort when he would regularly talk to his online friend, 16-year-old Emma Niederbrock. The two friends had gotten into a long-distance virtual relationship in 2008, and would talk every single day, confiding in each other about their lives and the obstacles they both faced. Richard would finally get his chance to meet Emma face-to-face, as he had planned a trip to Virginia to see her and to go with her to a horrorcore concert that they were both looking forward to going to. Richard flew to Virginia on September 6, 2009. Arriving in Virginia, Richard was ecstatic to finally meet the girl he had been forming a relationship with online for the past year. His excitement was cut short, though, when their relationship became rocky after physically meeting. The reality that Emma was talking with other guys didn't sit well with Richard, leading to him becoming excessively jealous, even if her communications were harmless in and of themselves. Richard couldn't cope with the fact that Emma had other friends, some that were male, and he refused to accept that she may be interested in anyone else. Attending the Strictly for the Wicked Festival on September 12, 2009, a horrorcore music event held in Michigan. Richard was hopeful he and Emma could rekindle their romance, but his overbearing and needy nature only pushed her away even further. One of Emma's close friends, 18-year-old Melanie Wells, accompanied the duo alongside Emma's mom, Deborah, to the concert as they all loved the horrorcore scene. During their time in Michigan, it became extremely clear that Emma wanted to break up. The relationship with Richard was not what she was hoping for, and the realization that the man on the other end of the computer screen was not what she was hoping for. According to sources, after the group returned to Virginia from the concert, Richard became increasingly distraught and agitated over his failing relationship with Emma, as he had hoped his trip out to see her would seal the deal and they would continue their long-distance relationship once he went back to California. Emma made it clear she wanted to break things off, though. She wasn't happy and wanted to move on with her life. This did not sit well with Richard. On September 14, 2009, no one could have predicted the atrocities that would unleash its fury upon Emma and her family, as well as her friend Melanie, who was staying with her. At around 3 a.m. in the morning of the next day, while Emma, Melanie, and Emma's mom slept, Richard slowly crept throughout the house, a maul in hand, soon to make his anger known. Melanie was his first victim. As she lay on the sofa in the living room den, Richard went up beside her and, without hesitation, began barbarically beating her with the maul. Melanie never woke up from her slumber. Next, Richard slowly crept up the stairs to the second level of the home, quietly opened the door to Deborah's bedroom, then began brutally beating her the same way he had done to Melanie, 
viciously hitting her multiple times with the maul until she died. Once Deborah had stopped breathing, Richard then moved on to Emma's room, slowly making his way into her room to carry out the same brutal attack. Richard watched Emma as she lay sleeping peacefully in her bed, completely unaware of the macabre acts that would soon overtake her. Then, Richard took the same maul he used to kill Melanie and Deborah. He held it over his head and then began viciously beating Emma until she, too, passed away. It would later be known that all three victims had never awoke from their sleep as there were no defensive wounds ever found on their bodies. After his murdering spree, Richard remained in the house, the deceased bodies of Deborah, Melanie, and Emma still within the home. Emma's father, Mark Niederbrock, who had been away while the four had attended the music festival, arrived at the home three days after the three had been bludgeoned. Around 5 p.m. on September 17th, Mark walked into the house, not knowing the horrors that had occurred there just a few days prior. Without warning, Richard snuck up behind Mark and began viciously beating him with the maul, murdering him, just as he had with the others. Richard then moved the lifeless bodies of Mark and Melanie into Emma's room and then attempted to clean up the blood from his massacre. Amidst his cleaning, Richard decided to take out his video camera and began recording a video of himself where he stated that he knew he had to pay for what he had done and that he was heavily contemplating killing himself. Since Melanie was only supposed to stay at Emma's home for the duration of the concert, with no word from Melanie other than a photo she posted on her MySpace on September 14th, prior to her murder, her parents became increasingly worried about her whereabouts, and after attempting to call Emma's house numerous times to no avail, Melanie's mom called the police to investigate. When the police arrived at the house, there they uncovered the brutally beaten bodies of Emma, Melanie, Deborah, and Mark. Richard had already fled the scene by the time the cops arrived, stealing and ultimately crashing Mark's car in his escape. Unaware that Richard had murdered anyone, the deputy who attended the crash only issued him a summons for driving without a license, but didn't arrest Richard at that time. Although he had essentially gotten away with murder up to that point, Richard decided to call the authorities to confess what he had done. Commonwealth's attorney Jim Ennis confirmed that Richard McCroskey was the last person seen at the house during an initial welfare check by officers. It wasn't until a subsequent check a day later that the bodies were discovered. I've been Commonwealth's attorney for 18 years and have probably prosecuted 30 homicide cases. And this by far exceeds the scope of any of those past investigations. On September 18, 2009, Richard was arrested at the Richmond International Airport, where the police found him sleeping in the baggage claim area, awaiting a flight back to California. The California native was arrested at Richmond International Airport one day after police discovered four brutally beaten bodies inside this home. McCroskey had been at the house visiting a 16-year-old girl that he met online through their interest in horror core. This morning, for the first time, Virginia authorities held a press conference identifying the four victims. They said they don't suspect anyone else in the murders except for 20-year-old Richard McCroskey. He was arrested on Saturday at a Virginia airport before he flew back to Castro Valley. The coroner's report revealed the victims died after being struck in the head. The victims, an entire family from Farmville, Virginia, including 53-year-old Deborah Kelly, her husband, whom she was separated, 50-year-old Mark Niederbrock, and their daughter, 16-year-old Emma Niederbrock. 
Murdoch. Emma is described as McCroskey's girlfriend. The fourth victim, a friend of Emma's, 18-year-old Melanie Wells from West Virginia. After being taken into custody and ultimately admitting to his horrific crimes, Richard was charged with six counts of capital murder. He was then held in the Piedmont Regional Jail and put on a suicide watch. The following year, on September 20, 2010, Richard's hearing was at the Prince Edward County Circuit Courtroom, where he pleaded guilty to the four murders. He decided to go with a plea agreement where he pled guilty to two counts of capital murder and then two counts of first-degree murder. The judge at the hearing recommended he serve life in prison for all four counts, rather than taking it to trial and potentially getting served the death penalty. Richard waived his right to an appeal. Richard was then ultimately sentenced to serve the rest of his life behind bars, without any chance of being released. And that is where he still resides to this day, serving his time at the Wallens Ridge State Prison in Big Stone Gap, Virginia. So that was the disturbing case of the Farmsville Quadruple Murders, carried out by Richard Psycho Sam McCroskey. A cautionary tale that although we may feel like we truly know the person we are talking to on the other side of the screen, their real identity could be something much darker than initially bargained for. So definitely let me know your thoughts on this case, and if you have any questions regarding it or any other cases I've previously covered, feel free to contact me at roguedarknesspod at gmail.com. You can also always reach out to me on my Instagram or Twitter at rogue underscore darkness, on my website roguedarkness.com, or you can also always drop me a comment over on my YouTube channel. Also be sure to subscribe over there to see my episodes in live video format. It'd be awesome if you could share the pod with anyone you think would like it, and also leave a rating or review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or anywhere else you can leave a review to let other listeners know you enjoy the show. And if you want some personalized shoutouts and other exclusives, definitely check out my Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash roguedarkness. I have a lot of exciting things planned for my Patreon, so definitely head on over and give it a look. You can also check out my bonfire shop if you want to get your hands on some of my awesome merch. For references on the cases covered, or to go even deeper down the rabbit hole, you can find all the links for everything discussed in my episodes down in the description box of every episode. And I also wanted to say a quick little thank you to my friend Matt for helping out with the audio bit you heard in the beginning. I always love having guest voice on the show, so if any of you are ever interested in being in the show in the future, you know where to find me. And with that said, that concludes this week's episode of Rogue Darkness. The darkness is all around us, and I can confidently say that reality truly is more terrifying than fiction. Until next time. <laughs>